0: you where you been i could show you incredible things magic madness heaven sin. saw you there and i thought oh my god look at that face you look like my next mistake love's the game wanna play it's no coincidence that we let taylor breathe I can read you like taylor's tony did you pick that song that was Lindsay, but I did uh, champion the effort to put that on the playlist. <laughs> That's my karaoke song. Oh, so you can sing. No, yeah. I can or <laughs> <laughs> I can totally believe that, Lindsay. And thank you for joining us. Uh, that new voice you're hearing, well, you, have, you hear it every week pretty much here, but... For us, it's live and in person. Lindsey Bebo, contributor with Mile High Sports, milehighsports.com. Also, the Orange and Brew Takeover podcast. Uh, we're big fans of that as well. With JT Matthews' uh, doctor, Doctor Nick Manning, Nicholas Manning. Bree Masis in studio with us as well. Ryan Romero. I'm Tony Comis. We are the Fan Cave, and we are broadcasting live from the Drives of Mile High Studios. Uh, this segment proudly presented by our great friends over at 8Z Real Estate. Check out 8Z.com. You can't really mess that that domain name up. It's literally 8Z.com. And um, I tell so you fun. what, Felicia is uh, fantastic. Felicia Montoya uh, with 8Z, uh, customer service, everything that they do over. There. They're one of Denver's uh, leading real real estate um, agents, companies, whatever you're looking for, whether buyer or seller. They've got uh, a complete finger on the pulse of what's going on in Denver for that. Speaking of the pulse of uh, Colorado, we're going to check in with our good friend, a uh, friend of the show, Kevin Lytle. Kevin from the Colorado Color Coloradan, coloradan.com, all things he's covering, all things CSU right now the pulse is hot when it comes to CSU, whether it's football or basketball. Would you agree, Kevin, what's going on, dude?
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. It's been a, a kind of wild 12 days. I think we're at right now since uh Steve Adazio was fired. Jay Norvell hired uh, Trey McBride won the Mackey as the best tight end in the country. The basketball team is 10 and and ranked for the first time in a long time. So yeah, I think uh, hot is the right word. I mean, fans are are buzzing up here. It's uh, you know it been a good couple of weeks for CSU fans. The energy is really good in Fort Collins. So so yeah, it's been a pre pre big turn from you know the end of the season into the football season when fans were were pretty angry and upset about things. So so yeah, uh, riding a high right now.
0: Uh, Kevin, tell talk to us uh, the fans a little bit about. Um, Kind of but you, you said the last 12 days and kind of what's been going on, um, you know, you go back to the previous 120 days, 150 days, a lot of attrition uh, from the fan base it, when it when it came to CSU, CSU football. I mean, hell, you had Adazio getting kicked out of the last game at halftime uh, and, and then getting kicked out of the program. <laughs> But um, from an energy standpoint, you were at Norvell's um, introduction press conference. What what is it that stood out to you about Jay Norvell, um, you know, and and being introduced as the CSU the new CSU head coach? And from a philosophy standpoint, what what can can those CSU fans look forward to uh, now that there's been a change um, at the guard for Ram Nation?
1: Yeah, he's uh, very straightforward, clear in in his plan, his path. You know what he wants CSU to do, what he wants CSU to look like. You know he he pretty much clearly laid out um, his vision, pre detailed of how he wants the team to play. You know it wasn't your general phrases. Oh, we're gonna be tough, we're gonna be hard to play against. Blah blah blah. You know everyone says that, but really detailed. You know they they run the air raid offense. Uh, his um, you know assistant coach Matt mummy is the son of hal mummy who's kind of the the father of the air raid offense so they 're going to throw it around throw it deep, have a lot of you know skilled receivers to to you know find in space and you know defensively he wants to be really aggressive play pressing uh man coverage uh, aggressive defense there so yeah he he really laid out his His plan very clearly and uh, certainly got fans excited you know obviously every intro press conference sounds good you know that's uh, not that hard to do but but it's clear to see his plan and you know it worked at nevada which is a place that you know is is pretty light on resources and everything so uh fans are certainly excited you can see why and and the air raid offense is going to be intriguing to watch in fort collins um you know, it's uh, obviously Mike Bobo's team threw it around a pretty good bit, but it' w- nothing like what the air raid will look like.
0: Hey, Kevin, it's Bree. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit and go over to Colorado State basketball. I was seeing here that they rank nationally um, in first place for three-point accuracy at f- like 44%, and they're, about, they're pretty elite at the foul line at fourth overall at 82%. I would assume it's easy for the national media to consider this team a Cinderella team, but they they must be doing something correct to be putting up those types of numbers. What do you think is their uh, just most efficient use of their offense?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Bree. They really are really efficient offensively and it's, it's kind of a growth, you know, this is, this is kind of interesting part of college basketball, you know, a lot of the, you know, big name power teams, you know, your Dukes, Kentuckys of the world, you know, keep riding the one and done, Thing you know with your five-star recruits that come play a year and then head to the NBA, and the mid-majors are still trying to live on uh, you know maturity and consistency, and that's what CSU's doing. You know these guys have all played together. You know this is really kind of the third year of the core of the team playing together. Uh, David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens have started almost every game of their entire career, and and those guys started. They are the stars. They they do it all. Um, and that's where it all starts with this team is just efficient. I think their offense is best because it's diverse. They have a lot of different guys that can score the ball, and it's efficient. They don't turn the ball over, and, and they move the rock a lot, so you're getting good looks. Uh, so when, when you're getting good looks, they have a lot of guys that can make baskets. It, it turns out pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, they're they're just really efficient in what they do and diverse in what they do. You know, if one guy is having a bad night, um, they don't have to keep going to him. They can go to someone else because they have a lot of a lot of guys that are capable scorers.
0: It's going to be fun to watch. I think you nailed it right there with the uh, efficiency standpoint uh, of what they've been able to do so far, what coach Medved has um, kind of instilled in, uh, in these guys for this season. You're right. They are a veteran ball club um, and a lot of talk about, uh, about March already, March madness, but uh, not to get too far ahead and and stay grounded. They do have a a game against Tulsa this Saturday. And then really the big test, I think, and Kevin, I'll let you kind of, uh, uh, kind of share with us your thoughts on this is december 21st next tuesday uh you've got the game at alabama number six ranked alabama i know alabama's coming off of uh their first kind of really tough loss um uh, this past week but it's still a like, nate what what Oates is doing at alabama is fantastic um a big test for csu not to look past tulsa but what do you see over the next two games with tulsa and alabama
1: yeah, exactly. Tulsa is one of those they have you know, CSU needs to go and win. That would be a bad resume loss. Uh but if you do that, then you're pretty well set. Um the the Alabama game is it's one of those good ones in a way of there's there's no big way CSU can lose that. I mean, if you go to it's not technically at Alabama it's in Birmingham, not Tuscaloosa, but basically a road game at Alabama. If you go and lose to a top ten team uh, in their state, you know that's not a bad loss by any means. But like you say, it really gives them a chance to test themselves against a team that I mean I've watched Alabama several times. They have the athleticism, the talent to you know they're a Final Four quality team now who knows if they'll make that run but they have the quality to do it so test yourselves there is i think really good for the team and you know uh kind of measure where you're at and what you know how you can handle a team of that high quality so if CSU beats tulsa you know their non-conference resume will look you know really nice you know they have some good wins st mary's creighton mississippi state and the alabama game is one that you know yeah, you don't want to lose by 30, but if you can hang in there, that's, you know that, that'll be solid. And, and certainly if you can get a win, it would be massive. So it's going to be a great testing ground. It'll also be, like I say, technically it's not a road game because it's in Birmingham, not Tuscaloosa. But I'm sure it will be a very hostile pro-Alabama crowd. So that'll be the first really kind of road feel that CSU will have had this year. So I think that's another sort of important note as you head into conference play, as, as especially because CSU starts conference play at New Mexico, which is always tough.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you you mentioned you know the the adversity being being able to handle that, and this game against Alabama is what's going to show that. But I want to transition back over to football, and uh, but stick with that word adversity because you've got uh, a new head coach there. What we mentioned earlier, Jay Norvell, um, coming over from Nevada, and. Coming in at a really difficult, I guess, a difficult time. I mean, National Signing Day was yesterday. Uh, he obviously didn't have a lot of time to uh, to get out there, meet the recruits, meet who was uh, who was you know s- uh, committed already to CSU. Have you had a chance to, or um, it, it, was it was it made uh, clear at the presser? Of kind of how did Coach Norvell handle that coming in with such short notice with that early signing day period?
1: Yeah, the early signing day makes it really chaotic when coaches are hired, because obviously it's always December when you're getting coaching, or almost always when you're getting coaching changes. And it's, uh, well, frankly, if you just look at a list, it's pretty clear he basically went straight into the Nevada well that he had been working. Um, Nine, So they signed 22 players, 11 were transfers from other D1 schools, and 11 were high school signings. So of the 11 transfers, Nine of them came from Nevada. And then of the high school signings, the majority of them had either committed to Nevada uh, previously or Norvell had at least recruited them. You know, a guy like uh, Mekki Fox, a four star receiver that uh, flipped from UCLA to CSU, uh, he had a relationship with Norvell already because they had recruited him at Nevada. He hadn't committed there. But um, so, so he was able to just use those connections and people he had previously, you know, recruit and worked with. I think there was only one guy, uh, a Day, a receiver from Cherry Creek, um, who had been committed under the previous staff that um, Norvell signed. I don't believe he had any real previous relationship with. So, yeah, pretty chaotic, but brought a, a ton of those guys in last weekend for a visit, um, and, and obviously all of them uh, decided that, you know, Fort Collins and CSU were a place they wanted to be. So chaotic, but used some prior relationships to lock down um, that first part of the class.
0: I think that um you know one of the, having gone through not personally but seeing this happen where you're seeing these coaches ch- coaching changes um and you know, a lot of talk has been around well do you know do we need to move that early signing period that early signing date um either earlier back to maybe like an August time frame or push it forward um uh, for these coaching changes to kind of settle in uh Coach Norvell, and I love what you said there about you know how they've all been able to leverage the the relationships that they've uh, had in place with these players. You see a lot of that with all the different coach coaching changes this offseason so far. And pardon me, we're not even in bowl season yet, Kevin. So it's uh, it's crazy what we still might see. I guess my question to you is what's the biggest selling point right now that Joe Parker has as well as coach Norvell with CSU? Uh, because, Uh, And the reason why I ask that is because I I see, you know, some really good opportunity up there with facilities, with the new culture being created. But you you're around it 24 seven pretty much. Share with the listeners kind of, you know, what's what's the biggest change? What's the culture change? What's the shift now for Ram Nation to kind of go all in um, with with all the changes recently?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, a really big question. Uh, you know, as far as recruiting, I think you nailed it. Facilities are a really good selling point. Uh, you know, uh, there's a place that's sent players to the NFL, especially receivers. So, you combine that with Norvell's offense that obviously has a great history, and and that's a great selling point for, you know, receivers. I think a lot of people consider um CSU kind of a sleeping power in the Mountain West because they've put all the off-field resources in. They just need to cash it in on the field. Uh, so you hope there, but the culture bit is going to be really fascinating because you have sort of a two part to that. You have the team, you know, inside the locker room culture. And that was, you know, that was broken under a dot. You know, I, I've had players tell me, you know, call it toxic and awful and, you know, words like that. And that doesn't change overnight, um, you know, despite, uh, you know, a lot of new players coming in. It, it takes time to earn trust and, and all that type of stuff that goes into, you know, that culture buzzword. And then I think there's the bigger culture of you know fan base and excitement and all that. And CSU fans, I think, are desperate for a winner. If you look early this season, Canvas Stadium was absolutely rocking, um, some incredible atmospheres there. But it petered out because the the on field performance was bad, and some of the off field stuff was you know off putting to fans. But fans want it. So if you know if a team starts winning, I have no doubt that. That's going to happen. You're seeing that Moby Arena with the basketball team. So I think all of that goes hand in hand. You know, if you have a happy winning locker room, that's going to have a, a happy, loud fan base. Um, it's just going to take a little time. You know, I think people are energized right now. But still, um, that disappears if you don't win games. So, so you have to get it all going because it is possible. I and mean, It's all there. You know, the Everything is available to make this happen. You just have to actually make it happen.
0: It's interesting how momentum shifts, especially in a state like Colorado. Where right now, if you think about momentum on the collegiate level, the momentum is all in Fort Collins. Kevin Lytle Ouch. with the Coloradan, thank you so much for joining us and giving us uh, and sharing and giving us a little bit of insight as to what's going on up there, uh, like you said, at, at, at Moby at, at, and, and with Jay Norvell and, and the new football culture that is Ram Nation. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Yeah, thank you guys all for having me. It's good to talk to you.
0: Absolutely, buddy. We'll we'll, we'll look forward to having you back on when the Rams are 20-0. and 0. How about that?
1: S- sounds great.
0: <laughs> all right. Kevin Lytle from the Colorado. Always a great interview. He brings us everything CSU, CSU Hoops, CSU Basketball, um, maybe a little baseball. Oh, wait, uh, do they have a – I'm sure they do. Well, I, I don't know if it's club level or if it's actually now – if it's D1. I, I'm – Good question. Yeah. I'm not sure there. Why did I even bring that up? <laughs> I have no idea. I Let's just it. stick to things, you know, Comus cheese <laughs> <Jeez> and rice. <laughs> well, here's what I do know. We are up against the break. It's the fan cave. Don't go anywhere. We come back. We are going to start at, we've done a little reflection on, uh, last week's games. We're going to start kind of previewing. We want to get into a little bit more about the running back position. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, what we saw last week. What were the takeaways, Brie? What were the takeaways, Lindsey, Ryan, uh, um, you know, and, and what does that bring to this week's matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals? It is the fan cave. We're live right here, six to eight o'clock tonight. We're gonna be with you on ninety-eight point one-1075-HD3. It is the fan
1: cave on my Follow <laughs> me.